everyone. I'm Brennan Marcello, sitting digitally across the internet from Michael Nislik, who's in his office where uh, uh, glass cases implode and shatter. That's <laughs> uh, true. Uh, especially those with Batman inside. Uh, you're listening to the Auburn Undercover Podcast, presented by WeHaveDonuts.com. Happy uh, Monday to you. Go ch- check out WeHaveDonuts.com for donuts. Beautiful donuts delivered to coffee shops in Birmingham and Prevail Union coffee shops uh, in Montgomery and Auburn. Uh, man, it's been a. We're recording this on late Sunday night. It's been a quite a twenty-four hours, Mike. Um, Auburn plays in the SEC championship game, gets uh, pretty much demolished in that game, twenty-eight to seven. It was a you know one possession game. In the going into the fourth quarter, but yeah, Auburn's offense was just shooting itself in the foot. Carryon Johnson wasn't quite up to full speed, and uh, Georgia was attacking the perimeter and having some success. And um, they kind of just fell apart in the fourth quarter. Auburn lost twenty-eight to seven. Then, uh, less than twenty-four hours later, Gus Malzahn and Auburn worked out a new contract and deal. Uh, we reported at first at AuburnUndercover.com uh, that he had agreed to a uh, lengthy and expensive contract. Details were not clear until later in the day, but we were initially told maybe five years at the least, seven years at the most, and turns out it was a seven-year deal worth $49 million. My understanding is, is that the deal... Uh, is not one where he's getting $7 million per year. It's going to escalate each year. So by the end of it, if he were still around and the contract was still followed, he'd be making more than $7 million a year by the seventh season. So huge contract, kind of following Mike in the footsteps of what we're seeing more and more in college football, especially with what just happened with Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, where he got a 10-year $75 million contract that's completely guaranteed. It's kind of kind of crazy to think about, but Auburn's got Gus Malzahn locked up after Arkansas came calling for their native son, and uh, he said, nope, I'm going to take this pay raise and stay right here at Auburn. Yeah, well, kind of talk about how the day developed. Uh, for people that didn't know, there was a conference call uh with the Peach Bowl people and uh, their interim coach, uh, which I thought kind of tra- – I wasn't on it because I was at basketball, but you were – that uh, turned contentious. Why do you think uh, if this was – you know, they were just working out the details to kind of finalize this thing. They didn't announce something earlier, or he didn't sound more definitive on that call. He doesn't like talking about anything. Number one. Yeah. Number two, maybe he thought if he talked about it, it would Fall through put, the, put the deal in danger because we later found out uh, later the night that, you know, he hadn't signed anything really. They've just got the broad contract ideas, I guess. And maybe there's a memo of understanding signed or whatever, and he couldn't talk about it yet. And I'm sure they probably, all the parties involved, so we can't talk about it yet. Um, with that said, yeah, it was pretty interesting. I mean, um, the first question asked of Gus was, hey, anything new with the contract and or uh, anything new with Arkansas? You know, there's overtures out there. And he said, I plan on being at Auburn. Uh, he said that two or three times. He was asked a couple different questions. I know I asked him, have you had any contract discussions with Auburn? How are those progressing? Um because we had heard, I had heard that Auburn um, was very much well aware of what Arkansas was offering, and Gus probably had till the end of the day Sunday uh, to give Arkansas an answer. I was actually told Monday at 9 a.m. was when uh, Arkansas was expecting an answer, and uh, instead uh, we managed to get a hold of some info and got it leaked out that, oh, yeah, he's already agreed to stay at Auburn. Um, But um, anyway, so while this conference call is going on, he keeps saying, I plan on being at Auburn. And to questions like, hey, you got a contract, any discussions there? He goes, 
Um, nothing's changed since last night. Well, that that wasn't true. Cause yeah, they, that they, wasn't they, end up being true. They, they talked, agreed to something yeah. Sunday. Um, so anyway, it got kind of weird. Um, uh, Jason Kersey, a good friend of mine who works for The Athletic, asked, you know, Gus, say, just to be clear, you're not being very clear, but are you saying unequivocally you're going to be the coach at Auburn in 2018? Because you just keep saying planning, and, you know, why are you saying planning if you already right. have a contract? I mean, how do you plan to be the coach when you sh- you are the coach? And uh, he kind of – I mean, that wasn't the question exactly, but that's how it was worded sort of. And Gus was just like, I think I've – you heard what I said is what he kind of said. And then the Peach Bowl – this is the best part. The Peach Bowl moderator a couple times got on there and was like, let's uh, – I ask you guys just limit this to Peach Bowl questions. Meanwhile, everybody – we're tweeting, all these writers are tweeting at the time, like, how do you expect us to only ask questions about the Peach Bowl – when both of the coaches on the conference call, their and the futures, game's a month away. the game's a month away, and their futures are very much in doubt. It's an interim coach they're speaking to at UCF. He wants to be the next UCF head coach. His future is kind of in question. Scott Frost, the head coach, is in Nebraska while this call is going on, being introduced as the new Nebraska coach. Meanwhile, Gus Malzahn's being tied to the Arkansas job, and there's nothing cleared up on that situation. So that happens, right? Say, limit your question, no more of this, blah, blah, blah. Then Bob Holt comes on, the legend Bob Holt from Arkansas. And uh, (laughs) Bob Holt texted me earlier and said, hey, do you have the number for this teleconference? And I said, of course, this could be interesting. And he was like, I just want to listen because I'm sure you guys are going to ask. Well, he dialed in to ask a question, (laughs) and he got in late. (laughs) He goes, uh, Bob just admits, hey, I, you know, I don't really have a question for the, about the Peach Bowl. Um, but uh, Gus, there's a lot of talk up here. And then he's interrupted by the Peach Bowl moderator. And the Peach Bowl moderator says, Bob, Bob, are, are you going to ask a question about the Peach Bowl? Do you have a question about the Peach Bowl? And Bob, who's just the nicest guy in the world, goes, I, I, I do not. <laughs> I just thought it was a, a bad look for all involved. Uh, yeah, maybe it's more inside baseball that really interests us. But yeah, I know the uh, listeners don't care. I don't know if they care, but I just thought that was handled poorly on all sides involved. Uh, involved, um, not a good look. Yeah, it was weird. Um, and especially considering he essentially lied because uh, something had changed since they had talks in the morning. Yeah, but you know. I guess I don't know. It's weird. You can't if he, if he knows he can't say anything and it might put his deal in danger. Uh, I guess. He, he I might convince himself. You he probably convinces himself in his own head. Nothing's changed since last night, and the fact that right, nothing has changed what I yeah, yeah no, nothing absolutely. has changed from what I said last night. Um, he's not actually thinking about the direct questions being asked. But anyway, it, in the end, it didn't matter because literally, I hate using that. I always say literally, but literally, as soon as that press conference, teleconference ended, I hung up the phone and my phone rang. And the other voice on the line said, it's done. Contract's done. I go, what? It's done. Gus is signed and sealed delivered. He's done. He's He's staying at Auburn. I was like, "What already?" He goes, "Yeah, it's done. They did. It, they did it earlier today." I'm like, "Oh my god, we just coughed this teleconference where he was like making it sound like he was leaving almost." Because uh, yeah. I mean, people, we were just sitting there going, "He could shut this all down," and he still wasn't shutting it down. He just kept saying, "I planned." But anyway, got the story. I put up like two, three graphs up real quick because you know I was afraid someone was going to break it, and luckily we broke it. And actually had it for quite a while. Um, but, uh, uh, man, it was just a very interesting day with that. Started that teleconference, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's got a contract. Uh, at least the parameters of it all worked out, and uh, he's staying here. So we don't know the exact details. Uh, we know some of them, but yeah. what do you, well, I guess what's – was this a good deal – for Auburn, I mean, obviously it was a good deal for Gus Malzahn, uh, Malzahn but uh, what do you think about the 
length of the contract, the amount of money uh, for for Auburn. Uh, you know, yeah. at the at this point in time with college football, I know a lot of fans are kind of upset with man, they're paying him a lot of money and and all that. But at this point, seven million dollars and even ten million dollars a year doesn't really amount to much in the grand scheme of things. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's gotten that way with SEC teams. They can afford mm-hmm. it. I mean, they're making an extra $30 million a year because of the SEC network. Why can't they take a third of that to go into the program that does, you know, 80% of their business or whatever, 75% of their business? Um, so, but the money doesn't bother you. But the, uh, well, but the, what bothers but the, me, what bothers me is, uh, I mean, when does this stop? When's the bubble pop? Is it ever going to pop? And my, my question is, and I, I don't have the answer yet, yet how much of this money's guaranteed my understanding that's, that's is the it, big, big part, yeah yeah my my understanding is it the full contract's not guaranteed cuz a lot the a lot of the rumors were and i know gus malzahn wanted it that way but apparently it didn't work out that way um but i don't know how much that is and we'll certainly find out once the contract's finalized and they release it and get more info but i'm told that the it, the full contract is not guaranteed uh but so still you're waiting to weigh in if it's a good deal or not based on the buyout yeah probably but i think here's the thing the deal is good for auburn fans from this instance there there were discussions about things he wants uh uh, as far as athletic facilities um and that could only help auburn whether gus malzahn's a coach or not it doesn't matter who's here um and those are things that need to be done and number one needs to be a new football complex. I, I would think any Auburn fan would agree with that, wouldn't you? I mean, sure. I mean, that thing's been there since the late 80s. It hasn't been upgraded, really. They just keep slapping new graphics on the walls. That's not really, you know, you, you, it's like putting new curtains up in an old house. It's not going to make it look like a brand new house. They need a football-only facility. My understanding is that's something that will probably ramp up now uh that they've done this and gus wants it it's going to give more security to his assistant coaches the ones he wants to keep around at least um that'll be interesting as far as like what kind of pool of money they give him to kind of figure that out and uh you know that's about it i mean it gus wanted security he wanted a stronger buyout and um more security for his coaches and then also an upgraded facility. But my, my, my issue with it is if I was an Auburn fan sitting back, I'd go, Gus, why didn't you ask for new facilities back in 2013 when they were talking, they were begging, you know, crawling on their knees, trying to figure out a way to get you to sign a contract at the end of the 2013 season. And he didn't want to do anything with facilities. He said, Nope, I'm good. Um, that made no sense to me at all at that time. But here we are four years later, and it looks like he's finally going to start getting that done. Whereas if it, maybe if he had demanded some things back in late 2013, Auburn would already be in a new uh, football facility, and there might be renovations going on at uh, Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, instead, they're starting at square one now. Yeah. But do you think in like six months that, Fans are going to regret that they did this deal. Uh, the, I don't think they'll be able to say that till uh, he starts losing games. You know what I mean? Well, okay, so six months, but uh, how many months is it till after, say, the next time they face LSU? Or when, well, that's the thing. Like in Georgia. And, uh, you know, that's why you get Jimmy Sexton as your agent. <laughs> well, no, but I'm, 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 my point is, is, well, fans are already some fans are already upset with it. Uh, I've seen some, but I, mean, um, I think majority were calling for. I think I don't know if it's overwhelming, but I mean, I would think that I don't know. The reaction has been mostly positive. Yeah, mostly positive. Of course, on on message boards and stuff, you get fringe right. uh, folks on both sides. We're either very uh, for something or very against something. There's never really a middle ground, you know. That's just how how it works, um, and so you you kind of get lost in, the, in that. 
But like you said, if he loses a couple of games next year, people are going, we're paying you all this money. Why aren't you winning? But I would point to this. All right. History shows that he's been the most competitive coach in the SEC uh, in the Nick Saban era of the SEC. Okay. Outside of Nick Saban, or excuse me, outside of Urban Meyer uh, at Florida when Nick Saban was just getting started, Gus Malzahn's been able to knock off Nick Saban twice. He's been able to win the SEC West twice during this great, the greatest run Alabama's had. He's been able to go to a BCS National Championship. He was a national runner-up. He's been at two SEC championships, including this season. He knocked off Alabama this year. He knocked off Georgia this year. The taste is a little bit sour, obviously, from losing the SEC championship game. But they're number seven in the country. They're going to a New Year's Six game. Why shouldn't the guy get a a bump in uh, contract? Also, consider this. The job market the way it is right now, if Gus Malzahn walked to Arkansas, who the heck does Auburn get? And if they do get someone and convince them, who's to say they don't have to pay them a lot of money to make them come to Auburn? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it depends on the buyout because the buyout's crazy. I think that they made they've made they made an error. That's where uh, it all comes down to. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, because you're going to be locked into something you might want out of in two years. And seven years, you're bidding against yourself, essentially, if the deal was five years for Arkansas. Um, seems like, to me, they were always bidding from a – Auburn had a position of strength, and they didn't really test them, I guess, all that much. Maybe it was just all came down to the buyout, where that's where they used their leverage and said, we're not, we're not giving you very much. Because, um, I mean, was he really going to go when it came down to it? Yeah, I think he would have. But maybe, but I mean, do you for what? If they gave, they just matched five years. You think he would have gone and said the same money? I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I, I think know. that if Auburn really pushed the pushed the thing and went, "Hey, this isn't Arkansas," you know, they're going to pay you a lot of money because they can't get someone like you without paying you a lot of money. Yeah. Us, we can go get someone else. That's what they could say. But here's the problem: as I said, the market the way it is. And jobs already filling up. Who the heck are they going to go get? Chip Kelly's at UCLA. Dan Mullins at Florida now. But the who, flip side of it is that Gus Malzahn arguably did the least amount of coaching this year that he's ever done, considering he gave up the entire offense and he has nothing to do with the defense. But one and, would say that he's the head coach and CEO, and that is his offense, and he's found a way to delegate things and hire good assistants to put around him to be able to win a lot of games. I'm just saying, Kevin Steele better be getting a good raise. Well, I'm certain that that's part of the uh, of the agreement. But because uh, he's been as integral of a part of the success as I think anybody. Oh, certainly, but, and and uh, you know, uh, my understanding is there's already been discussions about that with yeah. Kevin Steele. Um, but Kevin Steele ha- has his own future to think about. I think he is very much. Involved with that Tennessee search, believe it or not. I, I was be told, interesting. I was told something Sunday night that made me believe that they are actually seriously considering him. At the very least, you know, maybe talking to him. Um, well, it makes sense now with the former with Fulmer taking over and them resetting, looking for some stability for with right. the former UT guy. Uh, uh, makes some sense. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen. They, you know, they could just talk to him and go, "Hey, we want some insight from you." And then maybe they come back around in a week or two and go, hey, we want you to be the coach. Here's the staff ideas we have. But uh, he's got to listen. I mean, um, but I do think he's very happy at Auburn. And I don't think that was just lip service uh, Saturday night after the game when he said that, that he has a pretty good job here. I think he's really enjoying himself, probably for the first time in a few years, to be quite honest. Because uh, he's had a yeah. rough go of it professionally lately. And he's had a pretty good two years here at Auburn and seems pretty happy. But if they were to offer, this is probably the last time he'd have a real chance at something that big of a program-wise. Uh, yeah, that's very true. So yeah, uh, now or just... never. And it's you know, when Scott Frost got the call, said it's time <laughs> when uh, you get the call from the alma mater, right? So when Gus exactly. did, right? So uh, and it's not a situation where the money will be comparable if they offer him the head coaching job. Well, Gus graduated from Henderson State. Yeah, but it's home. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's home, sure. 
He really used, well, Gus really used that. Yeah, I'll come home. Well, get, uh, how much money are you going to give me? Great. Hey, Auburn, Arkansas is going to give me this. Give me that. But the buyout really does make a difference. Sure. And we'll find out at some point what that is. Because if they were to lose the, the, the bowl game and then next next year in the uh, kickoff game, fans are going to be counting the dollars to, to see how much. Yeah. Yep. I think a lot of fans, uh, a lot of programs are going to be doing that if they're big hires. Jimbo Fisher, Dan Mullen, uh, don't work out. But that's what's only happening. Only really two coaches deserve this amount of money right now, I think. They're college football. Who's that? Saban and... Dabo. Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, but you everybody get... else, you don't win it. You haven't won anything. Well, Jim Hart, <laughs> look look at Jim Harbaugh. That's, that's insane. I mean, he, what's he making, $9 million? Yeah. We're it's talking incredible. about lifetime contracts, throw that idea around. Yeah. I mean, but at least with at least with Gus, you know, you said he haven't won anything. At least he's won an SEC title, two West Championships. Yeah. And he's been to a national championship with in the last five years. You know what I mean? Yeah, no one else in the SEC can say that other than Alabama. No, that's true. Well, he also helped recruit that class offensively at yeah. 13. You know what I mean? Um, and then It's he's just got getting a- outrageous, like you said. There's going to be a bubble because at some point you're going to be beholden to basically – Three donors essentially that are going to run the program if these buyouts get so ridiculous. You know, yeah, essentially yeah. they're they're going to run the run things. Yep. Well, Auburn, you have your coach, um, yeah. and uh, he ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, he is locked up, but we'll find out what that buyout is. And uh, what do you think it is? What's your guess? My guess. $49 million contract. My guess is... Do you think it's going to be based just on the years, or do you think it's yes. going to be over a lot of money? Okay. I, think overall, it, I would think it's by year. years. Yeah, I think it would decrease every year. Um, I'm going to say... That, that Jimbo Fisher, Fisher deal is just outrageous. I want to say it's like half, or maybe... So like half the remaining contract, and then it goes down maybe. Year. Yeah, something like that. I mean, heck, we're talking. You know what? Talking about outrageous contracts. What about the contract that Brett Bielema had at Arkansas, where they just fired him? Um, that the the word was they're only going to have to pay him five million. They end up settling like for eleven plus million for him after five years for a buyout. Well, I don't understand how Florida fired the guy with cause and still gave him seven million. So that's what I'm saying. I'm just telling you, these programs have money just to throw around now because the SEC. They do, but there's good. But like you said, there is a point at which. You're going to put yourself in a corner at some point. I agree. I agree with that. And but these programs now, the way they see it, if you throw money at something, it'll fix it. That's the way they see sure. it. Um, and until that's proven incorrect, which it will be proven incorrect uh, at these programs over these next five years, it'll continue. Yeah. Um, and I think it started with Michigan over the last couple of years, and it's yeah. kind of it's kind of dwindled into the SEC now. Which is interesting because Michigan is like Michigan was just like, all right, we're going to be big time now, and this guy, you know, he's been in the Super Bowl, and we're going to pay him a lot of money, and going to win immediately, and that hasn't happened. Um, and now the SEC is kind of like, well, this guy was competitive against Alabama, let's give him a lot of money, or yeah. Brett Bielema, this guy won at Wisconsin, let's give him a lot of money. Um, and then Arkansas trying to get Gus Malzahn. Oh, that guy is our favorite son, and he's been to the SEC championship, and he has a fun offense. Let's pay him a lot of money. Jimbo Fisher, he he, he we've had a problem developing quarterbacks at Texas A&M over the last several years. Jimbo Fisher's a quarterback guru. Let's hire him for $75 million. Um, That's crazy. It's, it is nuts, man. I, it's uh, – I, I, that money, I mean, that's obvious. I mean, it's obviously life changing money, duh. But that's like, well, but it's not because he's already had what twenty five million over the last. Right, that's what I'm saying. It, it's just, but it's just, it's money that like six generations or or three generations. Well, then you do get said. to the point where it's like, why would he listen to anything the athletic director says? That's another thing, and you have to worry about it, these other programs. He had the, you know, Jay Jacobs for all his sort of quirkiness 
forced Gus to make some changes, and Gus had to listen. Now for the next AD, with he's got if he's got twenty five million dollar buyout for whatever this next year or some or the next couple of years where it's that much, what if you're the AD and you're like, yeah, I think we should do this. Does he not have a button on his desk that's an ejector seat that just says thanks? Well, um, I believe that with this new deal, he does get more control now. Yeah. I'm just saying it's a, it's his show now. I mean, nobody's going to be able to Absolutely. tell Absolutely. For, I mean, for example, let's say Chip Lindsey leaves for the South Alabama job. He probably tries and goes higher to hire Hugh Freeze as his OC. Which is which just embarrassing. Would be embarrassing. Don't you think that would be embarrassing? He's in some hot water, and the rumors about him and what happened are not good. It's not but, a good look. But Gus is good friends with him. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm just saying, but and like you said, but if he wanted but that, he's got that there'd power. be nobody able to tell, tell him no. Right. He'd just be like, I'm be like, okay, fire me. Take my money. Take, give me my yeah. money. Give me $30 million. That ain't going to happen. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. So, um, we're obviously not talking a lot about the SEC championship. That almost feels like ages ago now. And it was just yeah, and, and last to be honest, I mean, it's so it was such a you know it happened and then you move on. Right. Really, the result, the, all the matters was the results, and then that was it. It was it, and you know, obviously Alabama fans have been having fun today. Uh, yeah. Auburn fans, not so much. Yeah. Um, I, I think that you know, to be quite honest, I think with this contract being leaked today that with Alabama in the playoff that may have tw- put a little twist in the, nu- in the gut and then with the knife for Auburn fans it's like so we beat Alabama and they're in the playoff and right. we're not and we're giving all this money to this our coach I and think we don't have a chance to beat win a national right, championship right. against the two teams he did beat so it doesn't right. really you know, but like... you know what <laughs> you gotta give Gus credit number one for beating two playoff teams and also he lost the two playoff teams but what can you do i mean auburn ran out of gas and carry on johnson was hurt i saw i saw it coming did the contract extension does wipe away the horrible game plan they had for carry on johnson and discussion of it yeah they they shouldn't have played him as much as they did and He's got to find a way, Gus Malzahn, to get these other running backs prepared. And I think not, it's not getting them prepared. It, Gus Malzahn needs to trust these guys more yeah, it's so, just trust. He, it's a... so he can prepare them more. And I just don't know if he's doing that. And I, I caught a lot of flack on the board for saying earlier in the week that Kerryon Johnson was, quote, not looking good. He did not look good. He did not look good. He was not full speed, and that's the word I was getting out of out of practice that it was well you could tell you weren't on the field uh so when they were warming up and just doing simple uh like sort of jumping jacks as they were running yeah he uh, wouldn't uh, lift his arms he was his i mean it was comical in the sense that like he was clearly had some whether it's collarbone whether it's ribs whether it's shoulder and rib you know so whatever it was he was he he was not even trying because i he knew it was going to hurt and he didn't want to exacerbate the injury and he was it was bad and so going into it, you're just like, he's hurt. It yeah. didn't even get, you didn't have to get to the second drill before the pregame to know he's not going to, and then you got Roquan Smith tackling him 10 times or whatever. Yeah, dude. It's like, yeah. how well, is they, he gonna... I'll say this. Georgia, Georgia was kind of dirty in that game. Uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, and within the legal limits most of the time. Right, so... but they knew what they were doing and uh, yeah. they, did, and... they did what they had to do. And you can't fault him for it. Uh, I, t- I asked Marcus Spears about it. He's like, you're dang right you do. Right. Test him. You know. Right. Uh, that's just, it is. You know, that's it's why when you're, at, when you're at the ball in the pile for uh, loose football, you always hear about the uh, pokes and the twists <laughs> that go and, but on they, in that pile. And all they had to know was coming. And they, look, you go in the first half, fine. Eight carries. He's not effective. You don't put him back in the game or make him part of your game plan. Yeah, and that's been the big knock on Gus Malzahn is, and I, I even asked it the night before the game. Previous years and even this season, when you have a star player go down and you're playing in a big game, you kind of lose something there. Your game plan's kind of off. The offense seems to be off. 
And he's like, this year's different. We're not like that. We're, we've got depth, blah, blah, blah. It was the same thing again. And carry on fumbled. And that was like the clear sign of like something was wrong with that guy. He had fumbled yeah. all season. Protects the ball yeah. better than anybody in the college football. And he's not laying on the ground. And you're just thinking, why did they put him in this situation? Yeah. Well, it's almost like, you know, they, you know, that happened and then they pulled him. He didn't, he didn't carry the ball again. It's like, that's a little bit too late. Um, yeah. I mean, at that point, it's just, I just think that you're doing him a disservice, keeping him out there. Uh, yeah. You got to yeah. protect the guys. And that's uh-huh. been the, that's been my number one issue with this staff, particularly Malzon, is they have this, he has this way of just, he thinks he knows what's, you know, I don't know with Sean White in Georgia last year, carry on Johnson with this. He just seems like to like push these guys, push them, push them, push them. And as long as I say, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. He says, okay, do it. But, and then he ignores what he's seeing on the field, you know, <laughs> excuse me. It's not a problem with the defense where Kevin's very clear about what it oh, takes yeah. to play. This guy, and, this guy's injured. You're out. We got to put someone else in. Yep. And Trey Williams talked about, uh, I don't know if you saw that. He said he practiced throughout the entire injury or, you know, or tried to practice as much as he could because he just couldn't get in the flow. Whereas Gus, if somebody has like a broken toenail, he'll just say, don't practice. We don't need you to practice. Um, and it's like, it seems to be there's a very difference, a very clear difference of how injuries are handled in the offense and defense. Don't you think? Just oh, about yeah. Yeah, how yeah. their approach with reps and practice and snaps in a game and what people can handle and, Defensively, uh, they've it just seems Steele's more, much more comfortable with the backups, even though you know Trey Williams isn't the same player as Montavious Atkinson or Richard McBride. But I mean, there's still confidence. Like, look, if he can't go, we have to go with these other guys. Or you know, in the secondary, same thing. Whereas Gus just says, like, I, mean, I don't know what to do. I can't do that. How do I? How do I go to Camp Mark? Yeah, um, it. I I don't know. And and that you know, Malik Miller was somewhat was ineffective. Sure, but Cam Martin didn't get a real chance. No, I, that's what I'm getting to, is that they, it was obvious that Cam Martin and, and maybe Devin Barrett to a certain extent, some package, and Eli Stove, they had to figure something else out to run the ball, and they just kept pushing the issue. Then they got down by two scores, and they had to start throwing the ball and play catch-up, and there was no way they were going to win that way. It turned into the Clemson game there in, in, in the fourth quarter. And Georgia's a talented team. I mean, they blew them out a couple very. weeks ago, but that's a very talented team, so you can't. You can't do that. You can't give them. You're right. You can't go. We said that all week last week. Can't be one dimensional against them. If you if carry ons hurt and they make you one dimensional, it could get ugly. And it, and it was it similar to what what Auburn does when they smell blood in the water. Yep. The defense kind of feasts and man. Yeah. That defense well, kind of went off and as soon as, kind of fell apart. As soon as carry on fumbled that ball, uh, I turned to Philip when we were watching the sideline. I said, I said, just look at the sideline right now. They're dead. It's done. Well, even that first fumble was sort of where the game turned, you know, uh, where Jared uh, lost the ball. Yeah, and everything kind of the momentum shifted. Yeah. Deep, oh yeah. Georgia got some confidence, and well, it suddenly went uh, from what was probably going to be a fourteen nothing game, the way Auburn was moving the ball, yeah. to it being ten to seven, and uh, feeling like Georgia had yeah had everything. Advantage. Yeah. And, I, so, and I'll tell you what, if Auburn's up fourteen nothing at that point, they probably win the game. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I really think that because when Auburn scored that touchdown to start the game, Georgia was already going, here we go again. You could tell. Uh, well, it's a weird season if you're an Auburn fan because all three of the games you lost are probably games you should have won. And not just like should have won like I, on paper, like should have won actually like playing the games, like one or two plays, you win those games. Yeah. And in this rough tumble world of the SEC and Auburn schedule, two of those games are against teams in the playoff. Yeah, it's uh, nuts, but um, that's how it goes. But that's why I think, uh, pending what I find, we find out the buyout money, Gus Malzahn's worth the money because who the heck else wins ten games against this schedule? I'm just saying, they got They better win that uh, Peach Bowl. Or it's going to be a long off season for them. All right, nice segue. That is a nice segue. So this Peach Bowl, uh, not a lot of Auburn fans are excited about it. Oh boy! And we saw that we saw it coming. I mean, if Auburn lost, it was going to be the Peach Bowl. Um, 
you know, SEC reps well, were telling me there's no <laughs> way they're not going to go to the Peach Bowl just because they have three straight games. There was a glimmer of hope once Alabama got in the playoff that they might get the Cotton Bowl or something. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Nope. And so now you're in just dangerous territory for Auburn. I mean, you're facing an undefeated, very explosive offense and a team that is going to want to beat the heck out of Auburn and prove itself against against a Power 5 opponent. And you got an Auburn team that is banged up. You wonder how they're going to respond to this and going against a UCF team just based off name brand only. That's not a team that the fans are going to get excited for, as I just said, because it's obvious they're not. And so what do you think 18, 19, 20-year-old kids think? Especially after just losing the SEC title, your biggest game of the year, and you're going, oh, our reward is to come back here and play UCF? And no disrespect to UCF, they're very good, but... They're not a program like Ohio it's not, State with the it's history not Ohio or, State. Yeah, or if USC Albert, or... Yeah, if it was Auburn, Ohio State, and the Peach Bowl, fans would be much more excited. Much. It's more a excited. combination of matchup and location. Yep. It's a so, bad option. Yeah. So I'm sure Auburn fans will show up because they always do um, for the bowl games. They always do. But it's just going to be one. It's just going to be going into it. It's just going to be kind of meh. I mean, Scott Frost, the head coach, says he's going to coach in a bowl game. But I, I, how much you want to bet that changes? Um, yeah, it's, it's in limbo. I mean, I, I do post a story about that as if you could read it probably right now as you're listening to this. Uh, it, there's some logistical, real logistical hurdles to that, uh, which is, it's, I wouldn't expect it, but it's still something that I guess you got to keep kind of in your mind. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that situation develops over the next week or two. Um, but this, but... This, this, this game, this game's a no win situation for Auburn. You win it. You're oh, okay. Well, yeah, you should win. It's UCF, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You lose it, oh my gosh, you lost to UCF, even though they're that's undefeated. That's a long break in between games there. Yeah, and then that's the whole thing up until the summer. And then once the summer hits, it's going to be, okay, you're going back there where you lost two straight games, and one of them was to UCF, and now you got to face Washington? Giddy up. But, uh, I mean, goodness, Auburn <laughs> – in three of their last five games this season, they're going to face undefeated teams. Yeah, that's weird. Their last three games of the season, opponents combined record, 35-1. and one. Pretty good. That's nuts. So, I think it's going to be a fun game. All that said, UCF's quarterback is really, really good. And Auburn's got a great quarterback. And UCF just runs... You know, their defense isn't great. Auburn's, I mean, Auburn should win this game, but it could be like a shootout fun type of yeah. game. It might be one of those sneaky fun games uh, on New Year's Day. But leading up to the game, I don't think fans are going to be too into it. No, I don't think so at all. Yeah. All right. So Auburn basketball won. Um, anything interesting from that other than just another non-conference win? Uh the two players that have not played all season did not play, <laughs> which can we people just on, people yeah. on the board were saying that they were Wiley was going to be cleared, and another outlet reported that he's a go. And I don't, I, I don't know what to say at this point. Uh, didn't sound optimistic from the coaching staff uh, all week, uh, from what the sources I talked to, and I sat on uh, Sunday, same thing, and I don't know. Maybe we'll see. I mean, this week they got what two games: one on Wednesday or Thursday, and another on Saturday. And so, here's my here's my question, Mike: <clears throat> What's the fan attendance looking like? What's the support look like? Oh, today it was terrible, but uh, that was obvious because of just the people in, in Atlanta and the hangover of the yeah. loss. So, um, it'll be interesting to see where. I mean, they got a pretty good record and they played pretty well uh, mostly. Yeah, they beat that. Uh, All right, listen, that Dayton win is not something to sneeze at because Dayton uh, took uh, Mississippi State to the wire at Mississippi State Sunday night. I yeah, saw. And, and, but I think the concern is, is it fool's gold, essentially, that you're playing a power forward that's 6'3", a center that's 6'7", sure. uh, and those are listed heights. 
that when you get in the SEC, it's just teams going to run the table with you if you don't have the uh, Wiley or Purifoy. So, right, right. Uh, and this team is very dependent on when they're shooting really well. Shoot the J. And offensively, they look like a team that can't be beat. And then to, even today in the game, they went up 22 to nothing. And then we're trailing by two with. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I was, I was I wasn't watching the game. I was following on Twitter as I was uh, yeah. trying to follow up on this Gus Malzahn stuff, and I was like, "How the heck were they up twenty-two to t- two, and now it's tied?" What yeah, happened? so it's like when everything's going right offensively, they look good, they play defense, and everything's going well, and then they just fall off and make mistakes. And you know, one possession was kind of encapsulation of that. Mustafa grabbed this rebound. Didn't have a good shot. Had three guys open on the perimeter and just put it back up because just because that's like the bad habits that they've been trying to get rid of. And I was watching Bruce on the side on because I was taking pictures and uh, on the floor. And Bruce just turns to the bench and like, "That's just selfish. That's selfish." <laughs> and like, that's kind of what they get into. But that's the kind of the bad habits. Uh, Bryce has a tendency to do that. Mustafa does. And like, look, when they shoot well, they're they're great. But at other times, they could be. They look really bad. Um, and so it's just going to be a matter of once the competition raises, or is it going to be tougher for them, especially being very thin uh, without those two? Got to have an inside presence. Yeah, um, Wiley changes everything. They're different, totally different. Absolutely. We'll see a couple games this week uh, as the non-conference season is winding down sort here of, this last month. It's kind of like month. a full month. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's... it's it's a slog. Yep. All right. Uh, listener questions. We uh, take your questions on Twitter. We bring them on the podcast and we answer them. First up is Auburn Tweep. Since an 11-2 Auburn team would probably have gotten in the playoff over Bama, should we be more mad at our athletics director for scheduling Clemson five the last eight years or at our team for blowing a 20-point lead on the road at LSU? Uh, uh, LSU. Yeah, you play the games you play. I mean, and the Clemson loss didn't hurt them really. Right. Essentially, so. well, heck, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh, this person's got two questions. Any chance, uh, Nicholas asks, any chance of Auburn changing the schedule to move Georgia to earlier in the year, or? Fixing that hiccup in the schedule where it's both Georgia at home or in Alabama at home or blah, blah, blah. Uh, Maybe no, the next heard... AD will make that Maybe. issue. Yeah. I, uh, we talked about that before, and I said they have to do that. You said they that need to. You know, uh, kind of explain what how that came about, but uh, I think they need to get that taken care of. It hasn't really ever been discussed. I asked about the 2014 spring meetings, and uh, the the ADs and the coaches were all like, hey, that sounds like a good idea. Will you bring it up? No. Okay, great. I mean, even the Georgia, Mark Rick at the time was like, yeah, I'd be for that. That sounds like yeah. a good idea, actually. Because they got Georgia Tech at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So, um, also, Nick wants to know the imp- my impression of the Tennessee coaching search. Uh, uh, insert fart noise here. That's my impression of it. I think it's been kind of fun. It's fun to fo- follow from afar. I'm glad I'm not covering it. Yeah. Ugh. Um. Jacob asked, "Do you think Carryon Johnson comes back next season?" Um. TBD. Yeah, I, I don't quite have a good answer for you there. I don't think he even knows at this point. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised I, if he had a leading either way. Yeah, he he was pretty clear last night. Like, I I have no idea. I'm I'm thinking about trying to get healthy so I can play one more game in the bowl yeah. game. But given that, you know, if you're thinking about it and these injuries, you kind of I would put yeah. that on the scale tipping to leave just because shelf life of running backs is very short. And he's picked up some miles already, uh, even though it doesn't seem like he's carried the ball that much in his career. Um, he's had a lot, long list of injuries, so it'll be interesting. He has a lot to weigh, I think, more so yeah. than a lot of the others. Joshua asks, I'm wondering if every season from now on we'll be forced to renegotiate coaches' contracts. How does a program actually receive stability if the school must enter a bidding war after every season? 
Well, Josh, to be quite honest, you're not you're not going to enter a bidding war anymore if you're paying a coach a lot of money. Yeah, I think that they'll be fine for until they want to fire him. Yeah, so that that's the only issue. If you want to get rid of the coach, you got to pay up a lot of money then. Yeah, I don't you think there's going to be any bidding war them. now with yeah. seven years, forty nine million or whatever yeah, it think, is. I think, um, I think it's clear that he's not going anywhere unless he's fired. I think you've won the bidding war for the next four years, five right. years. Um, this there's some weird questions. Austin asks, with the basketball team doing relatively well, even without Wiley and Purifoy, does it put any pressure on the school to try and push the eligibility issue because of the potential? I, I, because I don't they're see doing how, well. I don't see how that makes it any more of an issue for them to try and make. I, I don't understand that. They're, Sorry, they're, it, it's just it is what it is. Yeah. really. They've just they if if yeah. they if they're worried that they're guilty, they can't play, yeah. and they're going to keep holding them out. So yeah, it yep. That's just that's life. It's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Uh, Warbloggle asks, "Do you like brisket?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> was he being facetious when he tweeted that, or do you think he was <laughs> actually smoking brisket? <clears throat> Sports Formulator asks, would you rather skip the conference championship game and go to an A-team playoff? Mm. Um, I don't know. He has a website and a URL he wants me to click on, too. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> sounds dumb, David. No, well, yeah, maybe it is. Uh, I guess he could got some free uh, advertising there for our abundant number of listeners. Do you, what do you think Gus got at the Waffle House, asked Jack, uh, to celebrate his new contract? House. I think yeah, he installed a Waffle House into his house. I think he's got a Waffle House like hanging over the uh, indoor field now where he can just cl- just walk up to and order. Yeah, for sure. He said maybe he had to have gotten the steak dinner finally. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, steak at Waffle House, that sounds yummy. Now I want Waffle House. I'm not really eating today. And that's it for listener questions. Good stuff. Um, um, my eyes are blurry. That's I not good. I can't see. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Is there uh, anything? I, I haven't really. kept up with anything. I don't know what's happening in the world. What do you think of Mercedes-Benz Stadium? It was nice. It wasn't uh, as great as I thought it was going to be, but you you went into the stands and everything, so that's really where it's at, you know. The yeah, I didn't get to do do a whole full length tour. I thought the interesting thing was the free refills and the cheapness <laughs> of the food. Uh, we can't. This is really this is insane. So. We get a voucher when we cover basketball games for $8 and could barely afford anything at Alton Arena. $7 at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but a hot dog, fries, and a drink that gets free refills. I was stunned. I was stunned. I thought it was like a miss. I was like, you're sure you don't want more money? Like, I, because like when you usually go order a hot dog, fries, and a drink at a stadium, it's like, it'll be like $15 on your firstborn child. Um, And so I was just shocked. And Cool. I mean, you know, with these stadiums getting so much bigger and taking taxpayer money and uh, just being insane, I thought that tonight and the tickets being so expensive, it, it it seems small, but the food adds up, and I thought that was uh, pretty cool. Hopefully those prices stay low because that's unheard of for me. I, I was shocked. Yeah, that was a big thing when they were building that stadium once they uh, were talking about opening it and everything. Like, yeah, we're going to have the uh, best uh, uh, concessions around. You're not going to yeah. break the bank. And it wasn't like a mini hot dog where it was like just like the size of a pack. It was like a real, it was a real hot dog. Were they selling <laughs> beer at the at the game? I didn't look. I, I don't know. I don't know. I was wondering if, if they could do that. I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't, I'm probably not. Um, yeah, it's a nice stadium. I like the little ribbon board up top. I mean, you can look at it, but it's not uh, distracting. I would imagine that there's some bad views, though, for fans in that stadium. Um, do you with think? some of the seats, yeah, the some of the seats are really high up and bad angles. Yeah, I I don't know, I don't know. 
Obviously, It'll be know. interesting to see what the ticket prices are for this uh, ball. You game. know, they're they're surprisingly not surprisingly. I, I don't know that they're. I think they're good some deals to be had. Oh, they're really yeah. Yeah, right now, like the lowest price ticket on Ticketmaster is one hundred fifteen bucks. I think those. I I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if they go down. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they ever tell you about the time I covered a Tax Slayer Bowl where you could get into the game for two cents? No, but that's amazing. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> two cents on game day, you could buy a ticket. And so there were people that saw that and said, eh, "Nah, okay. I don't know. I think that's I'll stay home." Hard pass. <laughs> Oh man, that's good stuff. Yeah, but better get used to that Mercedes-Benz Stadium food. Hey, for seven bucks, I'll get another hot dog and free refills. Yeah, but I think the Peach Bowl won't be exclusive to Dr Pepper, so yeah, that's right. So I'll be okay. Well, who knows? Maybe I don't know. Maybe they're exclusive with like RC Cola. (laughs) Well, the good thing about the Peach Bowl is I'm sure we're gonna get plenty of Chick Fil A. The cows, yeah. They'll drop some cows from the uh, ceiling, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully we don't go to every press conference and go, you can only ask about this, or we're going to push you out of here. Yeah, that that was shocking. I still can't believe they did that. Yeah, it was a little weird. And I did notice some national writers are going, Peach Bowl PR. So I guess this isn't anything new for them. So that's looking forward to working with them over the next month. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it, I guess, for this episode of the uh, what's the website? Auburn Undercover Podcast. <laughs> Dude, my brain is weird. Auburn Undercover Podcast. Um, thanks for listening. I am Brandon Marcel. That's Michael Nizelik. We'll catch you next time. I don't know when we'll do another one. Maybe we'll do one this week. I don't know. I need to go out to basketball at some point, Mike, and actually see this team in person. Okay. <laughs> you, sound, good. you sound so okay. Fine. All right. Sounds good. That sounds good. You, you do that. Well, they probably won't practice. Auburn probably won't get back to the practice field for another week, won't they? Yeah, it'll be a while. It'll be a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually about yeah, it's usually about a week. They really focus on recruiting and stuff, and they, yeah. they got they got official visitors coming in this next weekend. Uh, and they got so. well, they got twenty practices. They spread out over fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. So, well, we'll see you guys later. Bye bye.